Here's our first question for today. Dan, how can I get out of this prison as a registered nurse? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Maybe you're like that nurse. You know, there's a whole lot of people who have fancy degrees, accreditations after their names, are in respectable positions, great income, and they feel like they've created a prison for themselves. So we're going to unpack a little bit around that concept. You may be in a little different situation, but we'll start with that. Got some great questions for today, as always. More questions. How do you know if the ideas you have fit together as one business or if you're casting your net too wide? Someone asked, Dan, I need help prioritizing. I'm in transition for the second time in 18 months, the eighth time in my 25-year career, and I'm tired of this. All right. Another listener says, after much consideration and jumping to and fro, I decided to hand in my resignation letter and give my employer, my parents, three months heads up. And another person wants to know, are there any trustworthy patent attorneys out there? Well, great variety here. We're going to unpack these and get your pens and pencils ready here because I'm going to give you some information about how to change your thinking in terms of how you're being paid that could really change the results that you're getting even this year, how you're getting paid. So get ready. We're going to look at that in detail. Quotation today comes from Cyrus Webb, who says, sometimes we find ourselves in a prison of our own making, not realizing that the key to our freedom has been there the entire time. Resource for today is going to be side biz freedom. Again, this is a concept that comes up over and over and over again, especially with what's happened in the last year and a half now. A whole lot of people looking for ways to be more in the driver's seat. Well, we spend a lot of time helping people develop side businesses. So that's our resource for today. 10 ideas for a profitable side biz and then other things in there as well. Whether you're eight years old or 80, if you go to 48days.com slash side biz, just S-I-D-E-B-I-Z, you'll get to that resource. Got some really cool ideas in there. These are things that just keep bubbling up out of the 48 Days Eagles community. The, the, the ways that people are making money in there continue to astound me. You know, I've got one brand new one. I didn't even put it in my notes here, but I know the, I know the details kind of on this. Uh, Colleen Law is one of the ladies in 48 Days Eagles community. She's got her PhD. She helps people finish their dissertations and theses. I mean, a real unique coaching niche, but she also likes building Lego houses. Now get this. So she has a real estate friend. She is now building Lego houses of the purse of the house that the people have purchased. So she creates a little model of that charges $450 takes her about two hours to do it. And then she includes information about her other services in with that house. How cool is that? I mean, the ideas for side businesses are are just exploding. I mean, there's an ex-cop in New York City who has a crime and mafia tour. 
I just heard about this guy. He charges $120 for the tour. So he really takes people places, you know, just really see the inside, the dark side of New York City, Crime and Mafia Tour, $120 each. He's had over 8,000 customers. Now you do the math on that. That's a whole lot of money. I mean, that's over a million bucks. He has it listed with Airbnb experiences. Got other ideas. I mean, rent, they, you can rent a chicken. Uh, I mean, where I mean, people spending more time at home uh, want to have more control over what they eat. You know what they're putting, how they're nourishing themselves. You can rent a chicken. I mean, they'll come and bring you the the little coop for it. You can put it in your backyard. You can have two chickens if you want to, and they rent them for like eighty five bucks for three months. And then you can decide if you want to keep them or not. You know, the guarantee you're going to get an egg a day or whatever it is, depending on how many chickens you have. But, you know, just the ideas for side businesses are just exploding. We want you to be able to take advantage of that. So we're going to prompt your thinking. And just go to 48days.com slash side biz. Now, next week, next week, we're going to talk about why are you stuck? A couple weeks ago, I talked about, you know, why do you stay stuck when you know what to do? We got a lot of response to that. We followed up with a newsletter with the subject line, why are you stuck? Which goes to lots of people out there. And we just talked about the five reasons people get stuck and what to do about it. You know, being comfortable and distractions and laziness. I'll go through that. But next week, I'm going to respond to some of the many, many, many responses we got as a result of that newsletter and that podcast. Why are you stuck? Because we put in there, you know, just reply to this email. Let, let us know why you're stuck. And we'll give you some ideas for working through that. So next week, I'm going to devote the entire podcast to why are you stuck? Responses from people explaining why they're stuck. And then we'll give you some tips on how to break out of that. So if you want to be in the lineup, if you want to review yours as well, just shoot that in to me at askdan at 48days.com. Again, just send me an email with why you're stuck at askdan at 48days.com. All right, let's get move in here. I got a, a good news item. We got lots of good news, but I want to just share one quick thing that got my attention. There's a developer that is turning old farm storage into affordable apartments. Now think about this. You can get the visual here. These were Quonset huts that were produced by the U.S. Navy for use in World War II. So there's a lot of those around the country, these old Quonset huts. They're about 90 feet long, you know, just kind of a, a half cylinder. Gives you an idea of what a Quonset hut is. And in more recent years, a lot of those have been used for farm storage. So they're just kind of miscellaneous business. Well, there's a company that has decided to turn those into affordable housing. So they already have, it's like 9,000 square feet inside this, and they're creating eight units inside. And, and one idea they've had that they've done very successfully just outside of Detroit is turn that long cylinder into six residences and two live and workspaces. So, and they created a really nice kind of park around it, just in where it was setting, kind of outside of town as an unused kind of building. 
I love that kind of idea. I mean, that's the kind of thing that really gets my attention. I mean, I've told Joanne for years, you know, I'd like to take like an old uh, abandoned motel. So many of those are just vacant because when the freeways came through, people don't come through these little towns anymore. But to take an old motel, well, you know what it is. It's small rooms, but they each have their own bathroom, water and everything in there. And to convert those into a small business incubator, that's what I'd like to do. I mean, I've got a real estate agent who's feeding me properties that are available. There's a whole lot of properties that are available because of what happened this last year. There were a whole lot of businesses that closed. So retail property, commercial property like that is amazingly available, almost so much that it's frightening. There's so much available. You have to be careful about investing at this particular time. But if you repurpose something like that, then it could really work. Where I lived where we lived for 30 years in Franklin, Tennessee, there was an old abandoned mattress factory. It had been vacant for like 10, 15 years, nothing in it at all. Just this big, big structure, you know, brick and metal, but it was a mattress factory. So it had a lot of iron in it, you know, tracks that things would run on for the assembly line and all that. And the city thought it would cost too much to tear it down. I mean, it was going to cost millions of dollars to tear the thing down. Well, Calvin Lehu is an entrepreneur. He sees things differently. He's a really creative guy. He had already done two renovations there in Franklin areas, the downtown area. He was really responsible for the revitalization of that. And now it's one of the hottest tourist spots in the country because it's so quaint, so beautiful, has a monument right in the middle of the square. You go around it, all these little shops. Well, Calvin said, hey, I'll take over the old mattress factory. So he took it over for not a lot of money. And instead of tearing it down, which would have cost millions of dollars, he just repurposed the building itself, turned it into this open air place. You walk down the hallways and there are all these little shops in there. He doesn't allow any franchises in there. It's all locally owned shops, artisans, craft people that have. And then there there are multiple big spaces where you can hold events. So there's a theater that's in one of the spaces. There's a big conference room that I've used for events. Michael Hyatt, Ray Edwards. I mean, we've all used the space there because it's a big conference area that you can use. But he turned that old mattress factory into something that is now a really highly desirable place to be, whether it's to eat lunch or to have a meeting, a conference, or to just walk up and down and shop. Love those ideas. Just keep your eyes open. I mean, those are the kind of things that are right in front of us, whether it's a Quonset hut or an old abandoned factory or an old hotel motel. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be repurposed into meaningful uses today. I've got my eyes open. I hope you do as well. Well, this question then comes from Michelle. She titled it, Same Prison, Different Cell. Now, this is the length I'm going to condense it some, but she says, I've been a fan of your teaching podcast for the last four years. Um, I'm 30 years old, married, mother to an 18-year-old. I'm going to give you the specifics here, and then we're going to expand on this. So I've been a registered nurse for six years, currently working 24 hours a week, making $37.35 an hour as a pre- and post-op RN for surgical patients at a local hospital. My favorite things about my job 
or that it is close to my home, has flexible hours, um, and the pay allows me to only need to work three days a week. So 24 hours, she's working eight-hour shift. That's three days a week. Boom, she's making 37 bucks an hour. I'm not really passionate about what I do. However, I would enjoy having more control over my income, more independence in my work. I find myself aggravated by little things like being told when I need to eat lunch and working with lazy coworkers. So she talks about other forms of nursing that she's been involved in. Said so she's considered doing something other than the nursing, but she doesn't want to take a cut in pay. She's explored other kind of things like online selling and doing other kind of work, but she was only making $17 an hour. And so she says, okay, I've covered a lot of her content here. Michelle, thanks for all the details on what it is you're doing. I love your story. She says, I've heard you discuss creating courses as a means of making an income and considering what special knowledge I have to offer. Thought of some concepts I would know from my nursing background, but I found pretty much anything I know can be easily found with one Google search. I also considered doing something where I check in on elderly people whose family needs some help due to their work schedules, but I found this type of work usually pays 10 to $15 an hour, and I don't want to do home health nursing. At this point, I feel like I might be looking for the perfect job that doesn't exist. Should I just focus on enjoying the good enough job I have and finding as much fulfillment in it as I can? Or is there really something out there that will have me excited to get up in the morning to do it and pay me more than I'm currently making? All right, Michelle, great setup. And a lot of people are already uh, identifying with what you're talking about. So let's just kind of recap. You're working 24 hours a week. So three days a week, $37 an hour. So that's roughly what $900 a week or um, you know $3,600 a month. So about $45,000 a year working three days a week. So that's not bad. Okay, so you got that. Three days a week, that gives you four days a week off. But here's how I want you to, th- I want you to change your thinking. I want you to think about, building a boutique business. Here's what I mean by that. Joanna and I go to Chicago every year just before Christmas. Her birthday is the 22nd of December. So I've always made a big deal out of making a big deal about her birthday because that never happened as a little girl. I mean, who's going to celebrate her birthday three days before Christmas? So we've always had a lot of fun with that. Well, there's a lot of hotels that we've stayed at on Michigan Avenue, the Miracle Mile up and down right there across from the river. So we've stayed, you know, at the Hilton, the Palmer Hilton and the Ritz Carlton and, and all those kind of normal places. But in the last 15 years, we've been going there a long time doing this. In the last 15 years or so, we've been exploring what are called boutique hotels. So they're smaller places, not big names. They may only have one location, but they tend to be really unique. So it's not just the commercialized down the hall, you know, three doors on the left, boom, the, things that make them really different and interesting. Now, because of that, you're not just price shopping them. You're looking for a different kind of experience. And so we do that and we've enjoyed that. I want you to think in those terms that you're a boutique nurse rather than somebody who just gets paid by the hour. Don't charge by the hour. Charge for the value you create and the difference that you make. Now, we work with this concept a lot with coaches because we tell them, you know, when you charge by the hour, you're establishing a conflict of interest. Since the client is helped most by the quickest resolution and you as the coach are helped most by the slowest process. 
I mean, that, that's an old mentality. Stop charging by days and hours. You've just got to educate your, your buyers, your customers differently. Now, some of these concepts, you know, I draw from a book by Alan Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, and he's got a book. It's titled Million Dollar Coaching. There's Million Dollar Consulting as well. But Alan generates over a million dollars a year himself as one individual. He's a part-time assistant, and that's all. But the way he does that is by having things in common that he does for a company. If a company needs a new sales process, he may say, okay, it's going to be $85,000. I'm going to create a new sales process. But it may be that 90% of what he's using for them, he can use for another company where he's working at the same time for them. So he personalizes it in the 10%, but there's a lot of overlap. So it has nothing to do with time. It has to do with value that he creates. If you change your thinking, it can absolutely transform what you're doing, even as a nurse. So you say that you've done urgent care nursing, which, you know, was boring. You also got paid very poorly, 10 to $15. What if you had a service where you checked in with elderly people once a day? It could be just a quick phone call or stop by if they're in your neighborhood, whatever, just checked on them once a day. You did that from home, or you could take your 18-month-old baby with you, but you're in the driver's seat and that, but just made sure that your clients were doing okay. So let's say that there's somebody, I mean, I live here in Florida, so there's a lot of elderly people down here whose families are up in New York, in Connecticut, New Jersey. So let's say you charge a family $1,000 a month just to provide that service. You're just going to check in on the per- their loved one here once a day. Let's say you had eight families paying you that. Well, that would be $8,000 a month. That's double what you're making now. And certainly wouldn't take any more time than what you're doing now. So let's say then you got eight more families. You realize, gee, you've got other people asking about this as well, because there's a lot of elderly people that need to be checked on. So you have eight more families that sign up for that service. But now you pay another stay-at-home mom $3,000 a month to make those calls. Not unreasonable at all. With that, you just added another $5,000 a month to your income. Now, keep in mind, this is not an unrealistic process because the money is made by developing trust and rapport with the customers, not in just the quick phone call a day. So again, it's not the time taken for the phone call. It's in providing the service and the value is in creating the trust with the people that you're serving. So if you did that and had another stay-at-home mom that made the actual calls, you pay her $3,000 a month, great income for her, and you just added $5,000 as your part for running the business to your income. So you realize, again, the value is in you making the contacts, developing that trust and rapport. You do this again twice more. All of a sudden, with what I just described there, you're now at $23,000 a month. I mean, this is just an example. This is not, I'm not creating the specifics of what you might do, but I want you to think differently. If you think in a different way, you can transform what you're doing right now, how you're doing, how you're being paid. Stop being paid for your time. Start being paid for the value you bring. I mean, you're, you're being paid for the peace of mind for a loved family member. That has nothing to do with hourly wages. 
If you think that way, you can transform what you're doing. Leverage what you already have in being trained as a registered nurse. That's not something to take lightly. But you can do the kind of things that no other nurses are doing and put yourself in a different category. It's like being an author. I mean, we know that 95% of authors in America never make more than $40,000 a year. Well, if I want to be an author, that's pretty scary. If I have you know, family to take care of, I mean, I want to do be different than that. So I can either say, well, you know, being an author really pays poorly. Or I can say, what could I do to put myself in the 5% of authors that make a whole lot more than $40,000 a year? I mean, that's the way I approached it. You can do the same thing as a nurse. Ida says, I've been reading 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, the new edition, listening to the podcast for a while now. I'm amazed at the plethora of knowledge and information I've learned from you. I am currently taking steps to move into the future I want. I have a master's degree in both education and business, and I've been trying to find a way to combine the two passions. All right, master's degrees, education, and business. I've given my notice to leave my teaching job at the end of this school year. I've been working on a course and in the process of establishing my business in virtual solutions. I picked my business name and I'm taking steps to create the business through my state. I also have the desire to create an educational consulting business where I could offer tutoring services to students and offer consulting professional development to educators. My question is this, how do you know if the ideas you have fit together as one business or if you're casting your net too wide? In your opinion, would these be two different businesses or would there be a way to combine them? Thanks so much for everything you do to teach your wisdom. I'm a quotes person. I've been adding the quotes you have on the podcast to my list. Well, thank you, Ida, for your note, for your question. I think the two ideas you described can go together very well. I mean, education and business and what you're providing, you want to do the education, not just for, you know, first grade kids, no, but for students and professional development, educators, I mean, I think those all go together very well. And here's what I would, I would encourage you to go ahead and have both of those on one site. You don't need two different sites for that on one site. And then just experiment because six months from now, you'll have a whole lot more clarity. If you get a lot of traction by just creating courses, you may decide, oh, that's all you want to do is just do that. I mean, as an example, as a career coach, I started out I would see, you know, the kid who just lost his job at Burger King and wanted to get on at Taco Bell, and I would see the CEO who'd been making $400,000 a year, you know, and everything in between. I discovered really quickly, I enjoyed those who were looking for a much more creative, non-traditional option than just polish the resume and go get a job again, no matter where they were economically. And thus, a lot of my work involved working with dentists, physicians, attorneys, pastors, accountants, engineers, who are saying, yeah, I've got this training. Yeah, I'm doing okay, but I don't want to do this anymore. So I discovered that's what I really enjoyed doing. So I narrowed very quickly where I did not work on people's resumes, you know, job search, negotiating strategies at all anymore, but simply work with people who wanted to make a pretty dramatic pivot in what they were doing and because of what they had been doing, used to high income, we have to come up with creative solutions for what they could do moving forward. So you can do the same. Keep it wide. If it feels wide to you, that's okay to start. 
But again, after you get some experience in both of those areas under your belt, you'll be able to identify what really brings you joy and what you want to narrow in on more closely. Well, this comes from Mark who says, I need help prioritizing. I'm in transition for the second time in 18 months. Eighth time in my 25-year career. Oh, there you go. We got that. He's right on target. You know, three years, boom, and out. Eighth time in 25-year career. I'm tired of this. Have felt compelled towards standing up, starting up a consulting practice while pursuing the more traditional path. So I now have two proposals out. I was just asked to support a new startup. I've been asked and I'm actively crafting a role with an international medical children's hospital charity. And of course, I feel compelled to find a real job and generate some cash flow or bridge with consulting until I feel like I should say yes to all of this effort until I hit critical mass. I think I see some logic in a diverse cons- customer base with differing income streams, potentials, but I want to make sure I'm not missing anything that I equip myself appropriately. I've been following your approach for 20 years. Trust your insight. Thanks. Well, thanks Mark for your, your question, for your involvement in our Eagles community and other things, encounters that we've had over the years. Again, you're talking about consulting. You're talking about training. This is where you can step out of the old traditional models. Totally. And the fact that you've gone through eight transitions in your 25-year career, yeah, you can, you can give yourself a whole lot more security by not just looking for another job. I know that may seem counterintuitive to some of you listening. You think security comes from having a company that gives you a paycheck on Friday? No. You know, as we know, a whole lot of people thought they had that security and discovered, no, it was just an illusion. You know, it was a temporary arrangement, um, good for another seven days until you get the next paycheck and maybe not beyond that because the companies are evaluating, are they going to continue that or not? Whereas if you're doing something on your own, all of a sudden you are in the driver's seat. You can continue. If you have 10 clients for the same kind of work that you were doing in your previous job and you lose one, now you need to replace that one, but you still have 90% of your business. Whereas if you have one customer, meaning you are an employee, then you lose that one customer and you're dead in the water. You're starting over. So let's think through this thing. You're doing some consulting. Let me give you an example. We have a lady in Eagles community. Her name is Edna, delightful lady. She had been doing training for a well-known training company. She was, she had made $12,000 in the previous year. Then she had one of the companies where she had done that presentation, contact her and say, would you be willing to create more personalized training for our managers? They had 60 managers. This is a large company, 60 managers. And it said, we'd like to have your training, but where it more relates to our industry and our real goal is reducing turnover. So, she came to me, we worked on a proposal. She did a beautiful, beautiful proposal for the company. And what I had her do, now with the previous training she was doing, she would do a three-hour program and she was being paid $350. I said, okay, this company wants you to come in. I want you to craft the training that you would do in a three-hour period and we'll do it like this. You'll go in on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. So it's over lunch hour, so it makes it easy for the managers to be away from their stations. Three days, two days in English, 
one day in Spanish. So the same training in a three-hour block. But I said, I want you to propose that at $3,500 for each of those three-hour blocks. Well, she about choked. And I said, no, you, you have to change your thinking. Again, don't be thinking about what you're getting paid per hour. Think about the value you're bringing to this company. Company has over 20,000 employees. If we can reduce turnover by 10%, it's going to save the company millions of dollars. So your value is connected to that. Okay. So she agreed to do that. She texted me 20 minutes before she walked in to meet with the CEO and his team, terrified. They're going to think it's too much money. I said, no. I said, just present it. And if they say it's too much, then you ask them, what would they like for you to remove in the proposal that you are offering them? And here's how we laid it out. Laid it out where she would do this training. One, so these managers would be in training one day a month for 12 months. She would create the modules in advance, just create them ahead of time. She didn't have anything at that point, but she'd create them as we go. So it was $3,500 per session, three days in that one week a month, but that would equal $10,500 for those three days. And then times 12 months, that would be $126,000. Well, it didn't turn out to be $126,000. It turned out to be over $200,000 from the same company, because as soon as she was in doing those trainings, they said, we'd really like to have you meet with Fred. You know, he's having trouble really implementing this and keeping people on his team. So she'd do individual coaching with them. And the additional work that she did increased our projected $126,000 to over 200,000. Now, Mark, I mean, I think you have the potential to see yourself in this way. Again, we're back to this idea Don't think about what you're being paid hourly or daily or weekly. Think about the value that you're bringing and how you could frame it to these multiple companies as a consultant that you come in for with your unique area of expertise. So just again, reframe, reframe what it is, how you're thinking about what it is you could do and how your compensation could be structured. Well, I love these questions. I kind of grouped a couple together that are very, very similar in content. This idea of being a professional and then reframing what it is that you're doing. Now, this is to put you in the driver's seat to give you more freedom. This is not just about escalating exponentially your income, although that potential is certainly there and it it happens for a lot of people. But it's how to reframe your thinking so that you change the results that you're getting. And these are questions, obviously, from you, the listeners. I appreciate you sending them in. I'm honored to be able to kind of unpack them together like this. So if you've got a question, just shoot it in to me at askdan at 48days.com. You can leave a audio message if you want. Those tend to be longer than what I typically share on here, but you can do that as well. But most people just shoot an email to me at askdan at 48days.com. I used to limit these to like 60 words that you could, we had a little form that you had to um, fill out 60 words. And I, you know, I mean, people figured out how to bypass because, and I recognize that's usually not enough. Now, these days, sometimes I get, you know, questions that are two pages long and I don't share those in their entirety as, as well, but that's okay. You can be a little more than that. Just send an email to askdan at 48days.com. Now this comes from Chris. I want to give you a little backstory 
on this because I recognized Chris's name and I went back and looked at some previous emails. So back in March, Chris writes, um, you know, I, I wanted to reach out. Thank you, Dan, for looking at my question. I answered a question then. He's listening. He wanted to put make his dream happen. This is back in March. So in, well, actually in February, February, okay, he reached out. I have a dilemma. Work for the family business, have for the last 17 years. I know what I want to do. He goes on, he says, I love my parents and beyond grateful for what they've done to help me in the last 17 years. I couldn't pay them back even if I tried. However, I feel like they still think of me as a child, even though I'm 34 and I haven't lived at home since I was 20 years old. I don't want to let my family down, but I don't enjoy the work. So he goes on and it was a lengthy situation that he presented them. I gave him some pointers back then. That was in February and April. Give us an update. Says he can't wait to give us a six month update. So I just got another note this week from Chris. After much consideration and jumping to and fro, I've decided to hand in my resignation letter and give my parents, my employers, three months heads up. I decided enough is enough. I'm going to take the plunge into being a creative. The music scene is looking up. The photography scene is looking up. The world is looking up. Those, thus, those are his two areas of interest, photography and music. I have a supportive lady in my life. She's on board with the changes. If I have to get a part-time job to supplement my life for the time being, then so be it. But I'm looking forward to a journey of a lifetime. I'll be ordering a copy of 48 Days book this week, but you've inspired me to make a jump I've thought about for years, literally. My parents are extremely supportive, albeit a little sad to know that I'm leaving, but they know in their hearts it's time for me to discover my own potential. Now that the cards are on the table, I'm excited to see where my future will take me. I'd love for you to listen to our music, take a peek at my photography. I did both, Chris. I both looked at your photography. It's stunning, stunning photography that you're doing. And I did. And I jammed out to your music. I went to, um, your group is called Age of Fable. I love the description that you have of your music group. I mean, obviously there's a lot of music out there. There's a lot of photographers out there. You have to be distinctive. You have to stand out. And I think you're on track to do that. So the description of your group, Age of Fable, Age of Fable is a prog post rock group. So progressive post rock group with a style that creates its own genre. Age of Fable creates an intimate experience where grit and purity meet to create a dreamland of ethereal sounds, leaving you wanting more. Man, that's a great statement. Whoever wrote that is, did a great job of copywriting. That's so compelling. Age of Fable creates an intimate experience where grit and purity meet to create a dreamland of ethereal sounds, leaving you wanting more. So I listen to modern pathos. Love it. So, And, and Chris closes with, I'm in it to win it. And I'm thankful I have your amazing content by my side to help inspire and push me closer to my goal. Well, you hear us talk a lot on here, Chris, about photography and music as creative skills, where a lot of people think, oh, you can't do anything there. You know, you're going to starve to death. And that may be your parents' concern as well. (sighs) Have you ever heard of people, (laughs) you know, like Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood, uh, Luke Bryan? I mean, my gosh. There are people who are crushing it. There are all kinds of new people coming into the music scene who are doing it really, really well. We are, well, we have background friends with um, Johnny Swim. Johnny Swim is Amanda and Abner. 
and Amanda was Donna Summers' daughter. Well, Amanda and my daughter, Ashley, went to school together, Christ Presbyterian in Franklin, Tennessee. And Donna Summer actually gave the commencement address for Ashley, my daughter, because her daughter Amanda was in there. So we've known Amanda since she was a a young girl. Well, she now got married, and she and her husband, Abner, have they they call themselves Johnny Swim. Well, their music is really accelerating. I mean, they're just everywhere. So we pulled up Pandora, and we just put in them and their genre. So we've been listening to it over and over and over again. Well, you know, they're new in the scene, but they're just crushing it what they're doing, who they're opening for, where they're appearing and all of that. So I love seeing new groups come along that are saying, hey, we're going to do this too. Yes, you can do it. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to people say it can't be done. It can be done. Just be good. Be so good they can't ignore you. The old Steve Martin thing. Be so good they can't ignore you. So congratulations, Chris, on making the switch there. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, let me grab one more here and we'll wrap up. Uh, Jay asks, are there any trustworthy patent attorneys out there? I have what I believe would be an amazing idea for an auto accessory. Before I go to the time designing it, is there a patent attorney who I could go to to see if this is something that's unique or already on the market? Someone who could patent it for me without stealing my idea to get an idea patented. How far along the line with the idea do you have to be to receive a patent? I have no idea where to go or who to turn to that would be trustworthy. Any suggestions? Absolutely, I've got a suggestion. No problem at all. Steve Sponseller is my recommendation. He is a patent attorney. He's in our Eagles community. He's our resource for a whole lot of things having to do with trademarks and patents, protecting your intellectual property, all of any issue like that. He can help you with that. So it's just Steve Sponseller. Last name is S-P-O-N-S-E-L-L-E-R and .com. So check him out. Tell him I sent you. He's a great guy to work with. There are trustworthy patent attorneys out there. Now, I have other like trademarks. I've got an attorney that I work with with our trademarks for 48 Days to the Work You Love or other things. Yeah, that I mean, I trust him totally. I mean, I trust him to hand him my checkbook and just take care of things. I mean, there are good attorneys out there. And you don't have to worry about an attorney who's going to steal your idea. That would be so remote, I can't even get my head around it. I mean, that would be not only unethical, but it just it just isn't the way attorneys think. I mean, they're not looking to steal from their clients in any respect. They're there to serve and help. So it doesn't take much to do a little bit of a search on an attorney to find out if he's a scammer or if he's a real trustworthy attorney. So there's a lot of them out there. Now, the other thing is a lot of people waste a lot of money getting a patent created at all. I mean, there's a whole lot of things out there that really don't need a patent. You can create a good brand on something so the brand name carries it. Patents are tough to have value, frankly. If it's an auto accessory, let's say that it's something that, you know, you put down on the console to hold your phone there. Well, you can get a patent on that, and the next day, somebody in another country sees it and just does it anyway. You know, it's it's really, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Or well, let's say that you have a, a patent on an auto accessory like that. And well, what it's an auto accessories person, let's say Bosch comes along 
and they see it and they think, Hey, that's a pretty cool idea. And they create it. And it's essentially identical to what you have. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you could theoretically, you know, spend $50,000 with attorneys trying to defend that. And it just is hard to really make sense. The best thing to do with a great idea is create a prototype, check the market to see if the market really wants it. And if they do, figure out a way to do a little manufacturing run, get it out there. Get out there. I worked with the guy one time, young guy who had an idea for a better weightlifting glove. And he wanted to sell the idea like to Nike or Reebok. I said, they aren't going to pay you any money for just an idea. I said, if you have a proven concept, that would be different. I said, why don't you get a prototype made? I don't care if it's expensive to get it made or your mother-in-law sews it on a sewing machine. Just get a prototype made, take it to health and fitness centers and to see and see if they would be interested in providing that for their customers. Well, he did. They were all of a sudden he had like 10,000 orders for this. Then he did have a viable idea to take to another company and he did get a licensing agreement on that. Incidentally, if you to, to do that, the best book out there is um, Stephen key. And it's like one simple idea. You can just search on Amazon, but Stephen key is the author. It's really well done. And his model is to help people get ideas where they don't go through the cost of getting a patent or trademark or manufacturing and all that, but simply get it to a point where you can license it to a company. So you can check out that as well. But yeah, we've got good, good attorneys that we can connect you with. No problem at all. We got resources for virtually anything you need. Last night we had a a group call open call in the Eagles community And somebody asked a similar kind of question. I said, I can't think of anything that we would not have a resource for. It could be, you know, we need a physician, we need a veterinarian, we need a pharmacist, we need an attorney, you know, we need an artist, a musician, somebody who's been a publisher. I mean, we've got all those resources with people who are active members in the 48 Days Eagles community. And if you're not there yet, just check it out, 48dayseagles.com. Well, hey, I'm going to wrap it up with that. Remember, next week... I'm going to be talking about why are you stuck? Why are you stuck? If you feel like you're stuck, be delighted to see your situation. You can maybe incorporate it in. I'm going to be going through uh, some of the many, many responses we received with that email that went out, a newsletter. Why are you stuck? If you're feeling that way, shoot it to me at askdan at 48days.com. So that's the theme for next week. But remember our, our quotation for today, you know, we, got, we started off with this. It kind of relates to a lot of us. Sometimes we find ourselves in a prison of our own making, not realizing that the key to our freedom has been there the entire time. Most of the times when people feel stuck, you know, it's because it's between our own two ears. It's nothing out there. It's between our own two ears. So we're going to be talking about that next week. Be prepared for that. Share the message. Hey, we appreciate the reviews. God, we've gotten some amazing new reviews in. If you have time to go over, check it out on Apple Podcast. Leave a review. That would be awesome as well. But hope you're enjoying this part of the year. I mean, we're almost at the halfway point already of the year. Seems amazing. The year we all waited for to get finished with 2020. We rolled in our new year, and here we are almost half finished. So great time to be starting to plan for what you want the next year to look like the years go by quickly i hope this one's been one of fulfillment joy and accomplishment for you thanks for being part of this community 
where we know, without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. 